0: Good morning and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Lisa H and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Tennessee. Today is Wednesday, June 22nd, 2022 and this is the 7 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting. Today we're reading from the big book and we're on page 11 in Bill's story. We'll be reading and commenting on the third paragraph that begins, but my friend sat before me and end the best he had ever known. And today's readers, and thank you for your service, for the 12 steps, Joanne L., the 12 traditions, Nancy M., readers of the text, Harlan G., Nancy R., and Susan S. H., our newcomer greeter is Reva P., and our second hour host is Kathy C., the share IDs for yesterday, Tuesday, June 21st, 2022, for the seven am eastern time meeting is nineteen thousand ninety that's one nine zero nine zero and for the 10 am eastern time meeting it's nineteen thousand ninety one that's one nine zero nine one o a preamble overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience strength and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Joanne
1: L. to please read the 12 steps.
2: Joanne?
3: Hi, good morning. There you are. I'm so sorry. (laughs) <laughs> I was muting and unmuting. Good morning everybody. Um, this is Joanne L from Rhode Island, covered in Rhode Island. And Lisa, thank you so much for your service today. <clears throat> the twelve steps of over eat is anonymous. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. we entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven. Humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight. Made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine. Made direct amends to such people whenever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten. Continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly omitted it. Eleven sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us in the power to carry that out in twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters, and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you, and I pass. Have a great meeting.
0: Thank you, Joanne L. And I will now ask Nancy M. to please read the 12
4: traditions. Good morning. This is Nancy M. in Florida, the 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Have a wonderful day. Thank you. Thank you, Nancy M.
0: How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone, except the speakers, should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the big book on page 11. Um, the third paragraph that begins, but my friend sat before me, and ends the best he had ever known. And we'll be reading and commenting on that one paragraph. And I will ask Carlin G. to please begin reading.
5: Thank you, Lisa, and thanks for your service. But my friend sat before me, and he made the point blank declaration that God had done for him what he could not do for himself. His human will had failed doctors had pronounced him incurable. Society was about to lock him up. Like myself, he had admitted complete defeat. Then he had, in effect, been raised from the dead, suddenly taken from the scrap heap to a level of life better than the best he had ever known. I'm Harlan G. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. I live in Scottsdale, Arizona, and we are reading very, very important material here.
3: Remember, yesterday
5: we talked about Bill Wilson. And he's looking at his life, and he says the wars that had been fought, the burning, the religious dispute had facilitated made him sick. And he knew there was a God. His grandfather Griffith had taken him to church many times. He believed that there was a God, but he didn't want anybody telling him how he must worship that God. And he is still struggling with this idea of a God-based solution to his alcoholism. Now, this is late 1935. Bill has been drunk For the last 17 years He picks up liquor in 1917 His life is in a shambles And God sends The most perfect messenger That he could send As he often does He sends Ebby Thatcher And Ebby is known to Bill As an alcoholic He is known to Bill because they grew up together Ebby lived in Manchester Vermont They went to together at Burren Burton, he knew the way Ebby drank and often said, if I ever get to be as bad a drunk as Ebby, I'm going to quit. And Ebby would say, if I ever get to be as bad a drunk as Bill, I'm going to quit. And yet there Ebby is, sitting in the kitchen. He is not only sober, but he is happy in his release. And Ebby is coming out of the Oxford group, and he's practicing the four absolutes of the Oxford group. Absolute purity, absolute love, absolute honesty, and absolute unselfishness. And without knowing what Bill knows, Bill knows of the physical allergy. He knows of the twist of the mind. Ebby is staying sober. Bill doesn't know there's a solution just yet, although he's awful suspicious of it at this point, and Ebby doesn't know the problem. If we look at the history, what's going to happen as we read through the next couple of days, we're going to see Bill, don't miss the next couple of days, we're going to see Bill, starting tomorrow, really start to accept a God-based solution
3: to his
5: alcoholic dilemma. But for right now, in the paragraph that we're reading, he is looking at Ebby and he is seeing Ebby, and he says his human will had failed. Doctors had pronounced him incurable. Couldn't Bill relate to that? You bet he can. Dr. Silkworth was giving uh, Lois all kinds of information on asylums to lock Bill up. Society was about to lock Ebby up. They were going to put him in Brattleboro Insane Asylum in Vermont, and Bill was about to go to an insane asylum. And he says, like myself, he had admitted complete defeat. Then he had an effect been raised from the dead, suddenly taken from that scrap heap, to a level of life better than the best he had ever known. Now, in the next couple of days, we're going to see Bill come to the conclusion that only God, only a power greater than himself could have caused this release, this relief from alcoholism. And we're going to conclude with that. Don't miss the next couple of days. Thanks, Lisa, for your service. Bye.
0: Thank you, Harlan. Appreciate you getting us started. And although we value your experience, we ask that you limit your shares to every third day in order that others might share their experience, too. So if you've shared on Monday or Tuesday at any of the vision meetings, we'll ask you to hold back. And who would like to share on what was read this morning?
6: Reva P.
1: Reva? Kelly S. Kelly? De- Deborah V. As in Deborah? vision.
0: Janet B. Janet B.
7: Ken WH.
0: Ken WH, Nancy R. Oh, that sounds great. All right, this is what I have. Reva P., Kelly S., Deborah B., Janet B., Ken WH, and Nancy R. Reva P., please go ahead.
6: Good morning, this is Reva P grateful, recovered, compulsive, overeater in Toronto. But, but, that word, but, you know, how do I um, edge God out? How do I identify out? I love this process. We're, we're reading about Bill's process from step one to step two, from knowing what the problem is to um, connecting the problem with the solution. Um, And it reminds me of my process Um, when I came into program. I had been to an eating disorders clinic that presented me with research and science and facts um, about my problem and, you know, cognitive strategies. And they had their place, but they didn't really make the impact. They didn't change me. They didn't um, help me. and I came into the rooms and the church was hokey and the whole God stuff sounded ridiculous, ridiculous. Like that flimsy reed con concept. It just seems so flimsy, like airy fairy. Um, and I had to go through that process. Um, but, but the speaker s- stood before me, but the people qualified in front of my face and they talked about how they were exactly like me and they were standing there physically and just psychically energetically transformed and that was all the evidence i needed um and you know today in abstinence in recovery i can say i know god is there i know god loves me but look at what's happening over here but look at what's happening over here and then i go to the other but but look at all these people on the line in the rooms, on the Zoom meetings, who have all kinds of life, lifing all over them, all kinds of stuff, you know, good stuff, challenging stuff, and they sit and stand before me and they're beaming and there's something different about them. They are transformed and they are living a life better than the best they had ever known. And that is all the proof I need. And it's such a great reminder, the walking, talking, powers of example um, show me the true source and what works for the problem that I have, the allergy of the body, obsession of the mind. And it has worked all this time. And I'm grateful for the powers of example that motivate me and remind me that this is the solution that works. And with that, I pass.
0: Thank you, Reva P. And Kelly S., you're up, followed
8: by Deborah V. Good morning, guys. It's Kelly S. Recovered Compulsive Eater in bulimic in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Thanks for your service, Lisa. Um, and Harlan, I love the history. It's fascinating. Um, anyway, so that being said, um, my friend made the point-plank point declaration that God had done for him what he could not do for himself. I mean, he just told them straight up. It's about God, right? This is a God thing. and And for years... I I just missed that message, and, you know, it was in uh, Vision for You, I heard, and we agnostics, the whole thesis sentence of the entire point of this book is to find a relationship with a higher power to solve our problems. You know, I was just trying to get a God to help me solve my problem of food and eating and weight and bulimia, you know. I didn't understand I was needing this relationship with God. And, you know, I always think about, it talks about in here, to not shy away from the subject of God or higher power, whatever it is for you. But you know, I get to that place of desperation and surrender and like Bill complete defeat and I start being willing to look for a different solution. And it's about God. And I used to shy away from that because not for just myself. I thought, well, I don't want to turn people off. What about what, I mean, that's what this book is about. It's about a higher power. It's about God. And right here, that's what Epi does, point-blank declaration. His human will had failed because guess what? Miracles are happening here. I'm a miracle. You guys can be a miracle. And like Riva was sharing, which I love, that's what it's like. I started to see people. I started to hear these transformations and see them in your faces. Not just people who are coming in and getting their recovery, but people like me who had been around for decades, who thought I had done everything and tried everything in the rooms and was sure I was incurable. I was hopeless. I was the one rigorously on, uh, unable to be rigorously honest. as it talks about, you know, and I just was sure that, you know, I was hopeless. And I started hearing people share that was having the transformation. And then I, every time I read this paragraph or this sentence at the end, and it's like, It's so dramatic, you know, and Bill's writing, and it's just like, oh, my God, this is so dramatic and so corny, you know, drawn from the scrap heap, a level of life better than the best he's ever known, whatever, right? Well, guess what? That happens. That's the thing. I start reading all this corny stuff. I'm like, it's true, you know, a life beyond my wildest dreams, but I'd I'd sit in those circles and say that whatever, whatever. That's because I never had it. I never had this relationship with God. I never worked these steps to get that connection. I never put the food down 100%. So guess what? It can happen. doesn't matter if you've been around for decades. You think you're hopeless. You've tried everything in these rooms. Maybe start with an open mind and point declaration. God can do for us what we have never done for ourselves. Miracles are happening. I'm a miracle. I'm so grateful today to be uh, walking this path with you guys, trudging it for sure. That's Glad to be here without a pass. Thanks, Lisa. Thank you, Kelly S.
2: And Deborah V., you're up, followed by Janet B.
1: Hi, this is Deborah V. from the great state of New Jersey. Can I be heard? You can. Great, thank you. Um, thank you for getting us started, Lisa and Harlan. What a wonderful reading this morning. And, um, you know, for me, uh, you know, how Bill is feeling when he's seeing Ebby, and what he's noticing about him, is is just so fascinating to me because, like me, I I needed to see and and talk to other fellows in order to really understand the nature of my disease, and I for a long time. I, you know, I, you know, I'm going to plagiarize Harlan here, but I thought I had a food problem forever. You know, I kept thinking I got a food problem, I got a food problem. And I and I couldn't quite get it until I realized that food was not my problem and that I had a God problem and that I was agnostic when it came to food and its solution. And I... I feel like I was very similar to Bill in that I had belief. I, too, went to church and believed in God. The difference was I had no dependence on God. I had no reliance that God could provide a solution for me if I followed these simple steps. It just didn't seem to, um, to be uh, a possibility, And what I think is so interesting about the story is not only does he realize that God could do what he could not do for himself, but he sees evidence of that by looking at Ebby. And, you know, it says throughout the book over and over again that, you know, we become immune when we help others. um, And that when we see others, when we're attracted to people's experience, strength, and hope, that that helps us tremendously. Um, and you know, so it's a, it's a, it's you know, just a reminder for me that um, there are signs all around us, and we just have to pay attention. And here, Bill's got this wonderful sign from Ebby and the miracle of recovery, and the life that is possible for all of us if we just let go and let God. So with that, I pass. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Deborah B. And Janet B., you're up, followed by Ken WH.
9: Hi, good morning. This is Janet B., recovered from compulsive eating and bulimia in New Jersey. Um, Just a couple of random thoughts here. I'm driving, so I don't have my book in front of me. But think of all that had to happen for Ebbie to get to Bill. It's not like Ebbie lived down the block from Bill. He didn't live anywhere near him anymore. Yet it's like God said, okay, it's time for me to get my beloved child Bill um, healed. So I'm going to send a messenger. And Ebby, of course, having recovered, had committed his life to being part of God's search and rescue mission. So he was a, a willing messenger. And then what got in Bill's way, right? What gets in a lot of our ways, so we think. We say like, oh, the wars, the this, You know, human trafficking, poverty, my, you know, relative who has cancer. How could God allow that? And we always blame God for the bad stuff. But how often do we stop and, like, credit God for the good stuff? Like, oh, my, um, like, my daughter parks in the same parking spot all the time. This really happened. And then one time it was like she just felt moved. And she moved, and within seconds a car derailed and that pointing spot. You no, know, we don't look at stuff like that and say there must be God, but we look at bad things that don't go our way and say, There is no God. And for me, I had always believed in God, but God was like Santa Claus. He was there if I was to say a prayer or demand him to do something, his job was to do it. Or like a genie in the bottle, right? He was to come and help me in an emergency and then go back in his bottle. But look at what it says here, that Ebi had been raised from the dead. God isn't just interested in solving my food problem. God wants my whole life, right? He wants my job, my family, my kids, my relationships. He wants all of it so he can remake it out of love so that I can be healed and whole and of use to him. That is the God that hopefully we all decide to surrender our lives to because as page 100 says, the things that come to us when we put ourselves in his hands are better than anything we could have planned. And
0: with that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Janet B. and Ken WH. You're up, followed by Nancy R.
7: Thank you, So This is Ken WH, Recover Compulsible Reader from North Carolina. I'm glad to be here today. Um, prior to this paragraph, uh, I've been reading a long story of Bill's, and uh, all I've been hearing from Bill primarily is uh, his being convinced of his own self-reliance, that he could do this, he could do this, he could do this, and then he'd get defeated. and But he'd pull up his bootstraps, and he'd keep doing it. And the last uh, few pages have been uh, expressing Bill's deep Skepticism of things divine, um, just really unsure about w- what's going on outside and beyond him, and uh, still sort of holding on to self-reliance. And then all of a sudden this this wonderful three-letter word, but, shows up. And all of a sudden, all of that gets put aside. Um, it's sort of like... <laughs> Sergeant Joe Friday from Dragnet, you know, just the facts, ma'am. Prior to this, it's been a lot of opinion and uh, Bill's, Bill's spin on things. But all of a sudden, it's Joe Friday saying, just the facts, ma'am, just the facts, Bill. And the facts sat before him, and it was Debbie. It was Abby. And, you know, that's what happens for me in the process is that I get confronted with the facts of God's presence and reality and um I get such deep 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 hope inside of me uh whenever I hear uh, these words and that that complete shift of of vision that that God has been so gracious in in passing along uh, to Bill it's all passive in in that sense that Bill couldn't do it on his own. He had to be raised, be raised. He had to passively be raised up by God. And only in God's power could that have happened. Um, And um, (laughs) that's what's happened in my life. And I I can't say enough about what God has done in my life to uh, bring me to a place that I can barely describe. Uh, would never have dreamed in my life. Thanks for letting me share. Pass.
0: Thank you, Ken WH. And Nancy R., please share with us.
10: Hello. Uh, this is Nancy R., Recovered Compulsive overreader from Illinois. I'm grateful be, to be on this meeting with all of you this morning. Um, so I um, see two promises in this um, chapter here. And that uh, God had done for him what he could not do for himself. And uh, God has done for me what I cannot do for myself. And um, it's all because of this program on all of you and these steps. And um, the other promise is that he's been raised from the dead. You know, um, taken to a level of life better than the best he had ever known. And, um, you know, I, uh, was in, until last fall, I was uh, in over a four year relapse, uh, where I had gone back to being, you know, the living dead, the walking dead. And, um, then, you know, last November, um, God took me from the scrap heap to a level of life better than the best I have ever known, and I got a recovered sponsor in this program and started working with that person and worked through the steps and um, I'm living in the promises and living in the steps today and um I'm so very grateful um that Abby went to go see Bill and that bill. Um, accepted what Abby offered him and created this wonderful text that we are reading today and every day. And uh, with that, I'll pass. Thanks.
0: Thank you, Nancy R. And we are on page 11 in Bill's story and we are reading and commenting on the third paragraph only that begins, my friend sat before me and ends the best he had ever known. Who else would like to share this morning? Ginger C, Tina S, Tina, Linda D, Linda, Joanne P, Kathy C, Joanne. I didn't get your and Kathy C, Cindy B, Cindy B. Okay, that sounds great. I think I missed a few last initials, but I have Ginger C, Tina S, Linda D, Joanne, Kathy, and Cindy B. So, Ginger C, you're up, followed by Tina S.
11: Good morning, Lisa. Thank you so much for your service. I am Ginger, a real compulsive overeater, and so grateful. First, I just want to thank so many of you that have been walking this relapse with me and praying for me. Uh, those prayers are powerful, and um, and I feel like they possibly are being heard today. Um, this sentence, but my friend sat before me and made this point blank declaration that God had done for him what he could not do for himself. And this relapse has been a nightmare, and it has been hell. And I have tried to get into the car many, many, many times. I would put the food down, and then my head would scream and shout to eat. And it was relentless, and it would not shut up. And over a few days, I couldn't take that pain of the voice and the insanity in my head. And I succumbed to the first bite again because I knew it would get quiet. Although a few seconds, at least it would shut up. And I have to share with you this morning, because I am absolutely blown away. A few days ago, I put the food down, again, doing what you guys always share with that new person. And the obsession was lifted. From day one, I have not thought about food. My head has not been screaming. And I feel free. And I know it's just a day at a time. And I know I have to work this like my life depends on it. And I just want to share, you know, this relapse all began because I stopped doing what was working. And I know we all have these buildup of human emotions, and that is extremely real, especially when we get clean and clear and we start coming home to this place called a higher power. But the human emotions that didn't cause me to eat. All it did was separate me from God. I started walking away from God. And that's when the relapse really begins. Where's that power? Are you plugged in? Are you thinking about God today? So I'm just so grateful to be back a few days with you and cannot believe these miracles. To have this obsession lifted, as I said on day one, has blown my mind. So if you're struggling, please don't give up. And with that,
0: I pass. Thank you, Ginger C. And Tina S. you're up, followed by Linda D.,
12: Thanks so much, Lisa. Tina asked, Recovered Compulsive Eater, Anorexic in Florida. Oh, wow, what a great paragraph. What a great meeting. You know, I wasn't going to share, and I was like, oh, this paragraph just really hits home for me. And, you know, I, I heard through many of the shares, you know, just being being open-minded. You know, my my friend sat before me, point-blank declaration that God had done for him what he could not do for himself. His human will had failed. You know, I... i first came into the rooms in 1987 my accident date is 1999 so there's 12 years there where i really played as being being god in my life you know because i came for the diet for sure you know when i first came in i wasn't that overweight you know i was you know i was able to diet to normal weight over over the years you know because when i first came in i was 30 years 30 years old um but, you know, what happened for me and, you know, certainly that God did for me what I could not do for myself, you know, I always prided myself on my intellect for sure, you know, because I know, I know, I know. And what happened was, you know, not and not only was I a compulsive over- overeater, I got the diet and I dieted the diet, the food plan, I got the food plan, I dieted the food plan, be- then I became anorexic and, you know, I lost my, my thought process, you know, I, I could not think anymore. And that's God doing for me what I could not do for myself because as long as I could think of something better, I was going to try it, you know? And so I exhausted all my resources and my thoughts. I could not think. And so I was put into a place, you know, actually, you know, from, uh, a network of people and another program was put, I was able to get into a treatment center for food addiction and so I had all these all these ebbies in front of me you know uh, sharing their experience strength and hope and all I could do was listen to them because I couldn't think of anything else and what happened for me one day at a time was you know I started to get a little healthier in my body and then my mind started to be a little healthier and then I started to do what they were doing you know as long as i just listened to what they were saying nothing was happening when i started doing what they were doing stuff started happening and certainly god You know, I had been raised from the dead because I was, you know, I wanted to die, suddenly taken from the scrap heap to a level of life better than the best he'd ever known. That's my life today. And I like that it was also shared that this is one day at a time. You know, what am I doing today for my recovery? Not what I did yesterday. What am I doing today so that I could continue to have this life beyond my wildest dreams? And this is great stuff. Grateful to be here. Thanks so much. I'll pass.
0: Thank you, Tina F. And Linda D., you're up, followed by Joanne.
2: Hi, everybody. It's Linda D., recovered, not cured in Connecticut. Um, I hardly know where to begin. So here's the thing. Um, I'll just open my mouth and let the truth come out. Um, I don't have to guess about what's going to happen to Bill. Uh it's great to read it. It's important to read it. But it's a lot more than history because it happened to me. Um almost exactly the way it happened to Bill. And the only reason that I am alive and recovered uh not cured is the grace of God. I don't have to guess. I'm living it. And that doesn't mean there aren't areas in my life that are just gaping wounds. Poverty is one of them. And all the global and national junk that's going on. But I'm still living a life beyond my wildest dreams because I'm partnered and led by uh, God. I was an atheist, didn't know, didn't care, had an opinion. And I know where it brought me, brought me, uh, where it brought Bill locked up. And there's nothing like being locked into a locked ward in a psych unit, a psych hospital. And you can't get out and everybody in there is some form of an addict to make you fully aware of how really hopeless you are. And yet here I am. Many years later, and God has taken me um, to the best life I've ever known. And there's a lot more good coming, a lot more. I have to do some work, and that is surrender more and more things to this loving, all knowing power. It really is real. Please hop on board. This is the only answer. And it's absolutely stunning and beautiful. But it's not Disneyland. This is real work. Thanks. I pass.
0: Thank you, Linda D. And Joanne, you're up if you'll give me the first initial of your last name, followed by Kathy.
10: Good morning. This is Joanne P. from Pennsylvania. Oh, I am a recovering compulsive overeater I just love um, all of you and thank you so much for your shares and for this um, visions meeting this paragraph really speaks to me I um, came into the program because of I guess my first Ebby anyway and um, you know noticed such a change in my therapist that I hadn't seen for over a year and she introduced me to OA and i um it will be 2 years in august that i've been here and i am so thankful to be here because um yeah she told me god had done for her what she could not do for herself and she told me about you know her spiritual experience and at the time i really was so desperate. I thought I needed a psychiatrist. I knew there was something wrong with me. I couldn't I just couldn't control my eating and when I um came into the program and started reading the big book and hearing about the mental twist and um our food allergy, I was sort of like raised from the dead. I suddenly had so much hope. And it hasn't been an easy journey for me these last 20 months or however long it's been. I'm working the steps now for the fourth time with a new sponsor. And I am feeling um, complete surrender, absolute surrender, whatever you want to call it, by the grace of God and by um, the work that I am doing with uh, an amazing sponsor who um is helping me to learn more about myself and yeah uh, and our our um vulnerability and I just say this program really is the answer, and I'm so thankful to um be here and to have this gift of desperation, which is keeping me um on my knees every morning, connecting with God, working the steps, and knowing that if I take God's hand, I can get through anything that life brings. So I just thank you and um, encourage anyone to be here and follow these steps and do the work. It works. Thank you. With that, I pass.
0: Thank you, Joanne P. and Kathy. You're up. If you'll give me the first initial of your last name, followed by Cindy B.
13: Good morning, and thank you, Lisa. My name is Kathy C. I am a recovered compulsive overeater from Montreal, Canada. You know this this paragraph. Um, it really tells me that my humanness. Right here, it says his human will. Had failed. So, not only do I have a mind that's obsessed, you know, with going back to eating um, and it doesn't remember all the past promises, all the decisions I make, right? It lies to me. And then I have a body that once I start eating, it doesn't stop. And he was telling me, but my will as well fails me, right? All the decisions I make, all the wanting, all the desire, knowing right from wrong, it fails me as well. This is how I saw the powerlessness. I thought it was me choosing all the time. How, how did you pick that up again? Why did you go back there? How did you not remember? I felt like a fraud. I didn't understand. I really felt I was, you know, a, 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 there's something else inside me, like another, another person. I just couldn't do what I wanted to do. It, it, I was I, that mental obsession would take me, and I couldn't do it just like him, right? So with all the, all the decisions I would make, I could not stay, could not stay in my present life. Um, so I admitted complete defeat over and over and over again, but I didn't have a solution. I didn't know what I was really truly suffering from, and then doing the steps, doing other workshops. You know, I had to see that this was going to go on and on and on. Why? Because it was 10 years already. Right? People usually learn from their from their mistakes, maybe once, maybe twice, and then they stop. I, I, I didn't learn from that. I didn't learn from that. So clearly, I didn't have the power, and I saw that. And then there was a, a moment in time when I knew I'm dealing with something much bigger. Right? Doctors couldn't help me. Society, my friends. None of this, all this human power outside of me did not help me at all. And then I saw, I can't live like this. I don't want to live like this. I need a human power greater than myself. And I was surrendered. I was brought to a place because it clicked. I knew down deep inside. I just couldn't, you know, uh, work on the outside or just, you know, comply to whatever. I had to see that this, will never ever ever change, and that's when I let go the fighting stopped and I was able to receive and be open and build and have this relationship with a greater power and that's all I have I pass thank you
0: thank you kathy C and Cindy b please share with us
14: Thank you moderators. thank you for this meeting I'm always getting so much from it i'm cindy B from Boston and um we are a recovering bulimic and compulsive eater. And um, Colin, thank you for your share and starting us off in such an amazing way. Um, I think that, you know, I when I first came into OA in 1984, um, the region that I'm in, you know, basically just said, don't eat, go to meetings, you know. Um, as opposed to trust God, clean house, and give service. I didn't hear that in the beginning, um, and so I was really—it—it it, it really was like—I guess I don't want to say a diet club because, you know, certainly I didn't feel it was a diet club, but it was—I was, was just—I I, didn't—I didn't ever surrender to God, and—and um, I—and so in a way, the food—I saw the food as my problem, rather than you know, not having a higher power as my problem. But at the same time, I was looking for God in the food. I was looking for relief in the food because ultimately what my ego wants is safety. I want to feel safe all the time. And I was looking for that, that relief in food. And, you know, for me, you know, being bulimic, it was like, push it down, throw it up, you know, and, and that was a relief. That's where I found relief. Um, um, But, you know, what I come to see is that, you know, all addictions have to do with, you know, this insane thought that, um, if I use this substance, it's going to help me get me through. And then what ends up happening is it actually makes my life so much worse. And now not only do I have a problem I'm running away from, I also have the problem of the food or the bulimia that I cannot seem to stop. Um, so um, that's insanity, um, and um, and I had a lack of power, and so food is um, is the insane solution, but God is the, the food is the insane solution, and God is the sane solution. You know, That's, um, you know the second step that God could restore me to sanity, and I believe that is happening a day at a time. I'll pass with that. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Cindy B. And I think we have time for two more shares this morning, sharing on the third paragraph, page 11, but my friend, Jim, Christina L. I think Christina L. Um, Terrific. (laughs) That would be perfect. Jim, if you'll give me the first initial of your last name, you're up, followed by Christina L. S. Great. Thanks, Jim. Go ahead.
13: Okay,
10: Um, Jim compulsive reader. Um, I'm noticing as I'm sitting here that participating in the program moves me forward. Um, Without participation, I just fumble around. And uh, sitting here listening to shares stirs me up. And I prepare myself for the day and I don't worry about how I'm performing, I'm participating and that's the difference for me today um, as I go forward and so I'll pass with that, thanks.
0: Thank you, Jim S and Christina L, you're up.
15: Good morning. Christina Ellery-Covered Compulsive Overeater from Florida. Thanks so much for your service and just so very grateful to be with all of you this morning. Um, I really didn't want to share today. <laughs> and um, I really didn't know what we were reading until I got on the meeting. And um, it, was, it was funny because um, when I read it, you know, all these things that have been in my mind like the last day just, started coming to my to the surface and um yeah, I feel like um I totally relate into this paragraph and everything and um you know, I I did not feel like I had any hope um but coming into this coming into this program and especially this meeting and everything really gave me the hope that I had been missing um or needing and you know, today I, I I was or yesterday I was um talking with my neighbor outside after we got home and um you know, I had shared with her recently that I was in OA and I didn't say Overeaters Anonymous, I just said OA and she brought it up yesterday. She's like, you know, it took me the longest time to figure out what O stood for <laughs> Um and she had shared when I had told her that her mom was an Alcoholics Anonymous. And um so we were out there talking and you know, one of the things that I was reflecting on was, you know, nine years ago before I came into program, I would never, ever talk to my neighbors.
1: Um
15: ever, 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 ever. And <laughs> I was so afraid of people and that was where my will had failed me. You know, I was trying to protect myself from people, um, by avoiding people. And of course, you know, there was the food issue too. Um, but like someone else said, you know, I don't have a food problem. I have a, I have a living problem. And by putting the food down, um, it has enabled me to be able to live, um, and live through some, some difficult things. My life is far from perfect. Um, there are a lot of things that are kind of juggling around and everything like that. But, you know, today I'm able to, um, you know, apply the steps that, um, that I've been taught and to move forward through it. Um, sometimes through some very difficult feelings and, uh, hopefully hear God clearly and take his direction and follow through with it. Um, I don't do that perfectly by any means, but I know that today I don't have to live hiding in fear of other people. Um, although sometimes I do still fear other people, different circumstances and stuff, but thankfully I have, um, time, 10 steps and all of you. And with that,
0: I'll pass. Thanks so much for letting me share. Have a great day. Thank you, Christina L. And we do have time for one more share. Anybody? Vanessa
16: G. Vanessa, Vanessa. please share with us. Thanks. (laughs) Good morning, Lisa, this is Vanessa G. This is Vanessa G, recovered in New Mexico. Um, The sentence in this paragraph that really stands out to me is his point blank declaration that God had done for him what he could not do for himself. Um, When I came to the 12-step recovery, I was living a life that I did not want to live. And it wasn't um, just because I was deep in my addiction. It was because I wasn't living the way I thought I should. And I'm wondering if maybe when Bill looks at Abby, he looks at him and he knows that in front of him is a person who has something shining through him, is acting in a way that he hasn't seen anyone act in a long time, in a totally altruistic way. Um, I know that for me, I God has proved his presence in my life, his presence in me through the fact that I am now able to do things that I was never able to do before. I can be responsible. I can show up. I can be... Of service those are the things that make me recovered um, putting down the food is one thing but being able to show people that I can live differently and that I can care about other people and that I can be there for them is probably the essence of my recovery the fact that I can live a life of integrity and I think maybe perhaps that was the more important message that Abby was bringing to Bill that I'm no longer totally consumed with myself. And with that all pass. thank you for being here for me this morning.
0: Thank you, Vanessa. And thank you to everyone who shared this morning. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. The share ID for today. Wednesday, June 22nd, 2022, the 7 a.m. Eastern Time meeting is 19,097. That's 19097. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the Serenity Prayer. And Nancy R., will you please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only.